Welcome to Gaijin Kanpai, episode number 201 for February 2016. I am Loki. I am Jay Lee. And you can call me Zero. <laughs> Indeed you can. It's been three years since the last Gaijin Kanpai, so we should probably refresh everyone's expectations. Gaijin Kanpai is the podcast all about Japanese music in its many forms, reviewed by long-life fans from the English-speaking world. Use that explicit language tag on your podcast app to its fullest extent. So enjoy, fuckers. Woo! This is the first full episode of Gaijin Kampai since episode 200 when we finished off. We did have GKAD, but those were very stripped down album reviews. So this is like yeah. officially 201. Yeah, we really haven't had a long form discussion. <laughs> Actually, between the three of us at all, in about three years. <laughs> in light of that, what brings us all back together tonight is we are reviewing Gesu no Kiwami Otome's January 26, 2016 album, Ryo Seibai, which, uh, if you know anything about this band, you may have seen them in the news recently, because there's this whole scandal that is revolved around them and the lead singer and a certain Doi TV personality. It's a very unfortunate name for this album, and you should probably look up what Rio Seibai means if you don't know what it means. Uh, we will also be discussing our personal top five albums of 2015 and uh, talking a little bit about what we've been up to these last three years of self-reflection and copious amounts of drinking. So let's do it! Since it has been three friggin' years since we have sat down for longer than 15 minutes together, I'm sure that we have been doing many things in our lives that have kept us away from the magic that is Gaijin Kanpai. So I ask, Miss Zero, what the hell have you been up to these thousand days, give or take? Don't you mean Mrs. Zero? Oh, do I? Pretty much right after the show ended, I, uh, I met a guy, and we... We wooed and recorded, and I texted Jay Lee about him. <laughs> and I'm, I have been married for about a month. A month and a week as of this recording. A round of applause and congratulations for Thank Zero you. and nuptials. <laughs> Everybody keeps asking me, well, how's married life treating you? What's married life like? And I'm like, it's pretty much exactly the same as before we got married, actually. <laughs> and then you were, uh, you were going to do, uh, you were going to do another panel at a convention, yes? Is that still I, a thing? Am yes at uh, at Project Acon. Well, it's just Acon now. At the beginning of June, in Dallas, I am going to be doing my J Music History panel, which I've done twice at Anime Fest, and I did it at Otaku Mex in Albuquerque. Also, 
So I've gotten like a grand total of 30 people have maybe seen this. And last year, when I did it at Anime Fest, was it last year or the year before? I, I tried to film it, videotape it, and get it on YouTube, but that just didn't end up happening. So, but this year I'm going to try again. This year I'm going to try and make that happen again. Good. Good luck with it. I'm sure it's going to be great. I wish we could all go. So, Jaylee, what changes have you made in these last three years? <laughs> Swear to God, Loki, you are such a dick about this stuff. <laughs> Nothing. You've been, I mean, you've been very open, thankfully open about about yourself on Twitter and Instagrams. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure if you listen to this show, you probably follow us on either one. So I'm yeah. sure True. it's not news to many, but uh, yeah. it's a big step. Yeah, so I'm transgender. I'm going by Jaylee, like, for realsies now. <laughs> and just have the pronoun switch. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. I'm not really sure yeah. what else to say about it, but uh, there it is. I'm so proud of you! Aww. Yes, me too. It's It's been... I think we can both say that's probably been a long time coming. And really, that's why we always call you Jaylees, because we just, we just wanted you to change it. <laughs> I've just never been able to think of you as a Justin, ever. You've always been a Jay. You've always been a Jaylee. You've always been a girl. I mean, you really have always been a girl. So it's like, finally, you know? It just makes it much easier for me to refer to you as she, you know? So obviously that is the biggest thing that has happened in your life these last three years since GK. Anything else that you can, uh, you know? Oh, yeah, actually. Let us peek into the window. I almost completely forgot about that. Yeah, so I started a, a video game YouTube channel with a friend who I actually met kind of through the show. Um, Her name is Stacy, and we kind of got into contact through just following each other on Twitter, and then one thing led to another, and now we're, I think we're in our third year. We just started our third year. Yeah, it was pretty much almost like right when we stopped. Are you fans who listen to the show should know that it's Stacy from IU Vogue? Yes. Who you're doing the show with. Oh, yeah, duh. That's kind of like a major piece of, like, IU fan world trivia, actually. That that's kind of cool that that's who you do the show with. I think it's cool. Anyway. Oh, yeah, totally. So, really good show, really fun. We just talk about video games. It's pushtosmartshow.com. But if you just YouTube Push to Smart, we automatically pop up once you get to the M. So we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah. So me, let's see, wow. I am uh, still in the lovely state of California and San Diego. It's now officially the longest time. It's it's the place I've been the longest since I've been a person out on my own, I guess, leaving on my own, which is kind of cool. My cat is now more Californian than she ever was New Jerseyan. She took up surfing. uh, She's really into kale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Only organic cat cat food. Yeah. Yeah. She only does her cat food juiced. I still play a lot of hockey and work in hockey pretty much take up all my time. But one of the things that I've been trying to do a lot in my life is travel. And about a year and a half ago, uh, my sister and I and a friend went to Peru, which was pretty badass. Very hard to breathe in Peru, but a very cool uh, country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, saw all those sights. And then... We finally made it to Japan last uh, last May, which uh, was pretty... Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast who has not been wants to go. 
obviously. It, it's it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that's in our DNA. It's like Mecca. It drives us to there. And uh, it is everything that you want it to be and uh, and more. And uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, we did, you know, we did some of the sites and, and you know, uh, you know, Tokyo Skytree and, uh, you know, you know, all that Tokyo stuff. Um, but the most fun was, A, just getting lost in the back streets of, of Tokyo and just wandering around and, you know, finding this little, this little cafe in literally the middle of nowhere where it was the only restaurant within probably a mile uh, in – Tokyo is very strange where it's very, it's very old yet new. Um, so you have, you know, the city and it's very New York City-ish with a lot more neon. The best thing that we did was not plans. And what we did is we – one night we went to – we went to a – a club, basically a bar club that um, uh, in Tokyo that is that caters to English-speaking people. Uh, a lot of like expats and travelers go to this bar just to, you know, meet other people who are there that speak English. And um, we were talking to this Danish guy that that lived that had lived in Tokyo for a couple of years, and he's like, "Oh my God, you guys have to go to this uh, temple." And it was called the Nihonji Temple. He says it's it's a tourist spot that no one really knows about yet, but they should. And so it was about, uh, it was about a 50 minute bullet train ride from Tokyo and, uh, just this little nothing town, um, right on the water, a uh, little beachside town. And then you take a cable car up to the top of the mountain and basically you walk down this mountain and it's filled with just tons of statues and greenery. And, and then it has the two huge, uh, Buddha statues, which are enormous and, life-changing and life-affirming and beautiful and uh and the fact that i could have missed that had we not just had a random encounter was pretty awesome so uh so yeah so that's that's what i've been doing and uh and it changed me so much that uh, actually in about a year and change uh once my once my lease is up on my apartment, I will be moving to Japan for three months at least uh, on the vacation visa to try and find a job. And so that is, uh, I'm not going to Tokyo. I think I'm going to Osaka, um, but I'm going to go there for my three months, see what I can do. I'm going there. I'm going there with a whole bunch of money saved and uh, nothing but my clothes on my back, pretty much. So if you guys want to buy a TV or uh, a new microphone, maybe <laughs> you can send me those uh, quotes in about uh, in about a year. So that's uh, so that's three years of no gaijin kampai, guys. That's a fucking lot. <laughs> that yeah. is a lot. Let's get to what we're best at guys and that is trying not to cry and telling <laughs> others our opinion on things pontificating uh, or- yay <laughs> what we kind of want to do with these first few episodes of Gaijin Kampai part two is, you know, one of, I think one of my favorite things, and I think one of your guys' favorite things was doing the top five and top five of the first half of the years. Mm-hmm. And we haven't done that in three years. So we kind of want to do uh, for these first few episodes, our top of the years that we have missed. And uh, we figured the best thing to do is to start from the most, the newest year and do our top five of 2015, the way we used to do it old school, Round table, just fucking throwing shit against the wall and seeing how much Jaylee hates what I like and just doing it. The first one that I want to talk about or mention, throw out there, is uh, a band who, when you go to Japan and any time that you see the Travel Channel go to Japan, they go to this little place called Robot Restaurant. And Robot Restaurant is 
fucking insane and amazing. But most of the music there is covers of Wagaki bands. Uh, no. Yes. No. Because Wagaki Band's whole first album is nothing but Vocaloid covers. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, that's how I know all of these songs. I just schooled you. Yeah. No, I do too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that, whole, that whole rock and classical, I guess, is what you call it, fusion of music that Wagaki Band does. Yeah, but like Japanese classical, traditional stuff, not What do you like, call that? I mean, uh, you, I you don't call know. it folk music. Do you call it folk music for Japan, too? I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Now we do. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't know. You could go ahead and call it Enka because Enka uses traditional instruments and she does that kabushi vocal style like an Enka. Yeah, singer. that's what I guess what I what I so. classify Enka as is that, you know, the warbles. Yeah. <laughs> the old lady warbles. But uh that that their album uh Yaso Emaki that was released in 2015 was really good. And I think um you know, you said a lot of their their stuff was covers. Mm-hmm. I think this is their first yeah original whole from soup to nuts from beginning to end original composition it is it's mm-hmm. really good mm-hmm. everything is really catchy looking through you know my ratings for this it was the one album where it was you know at least four stars all the way through mm-hmm. i don't know if any of you guys have heard it but you should yeah. because it's pretty no it was one of the ones that i, I had like a 14-way tie for albums that i liked this year to be honest <laughs> And it was it was one of those that didn't quite make it, but it is a really solid record. It really yeah, I think is. It's, I think they're one of the few. I think they're one of the groups, uh, especially on my list, that uh, I think is a good crossover for the two of you. I'm sure a lot of our a lot of our favorites are really tailored to our tastes. Yeah, but uh, but that's a good one. I, I I think so. What can you guys tell me? What should I have listened to last year? Give me something. <sighs> The thing about last year, for me at least, is that there were a lot of really good albums, but the ones that stood out, the ones that felt great, and the ones that I would listen to over and over, technically, they don't feel like they're the best, a lot of these. I had the same issue. (laughs) They're just my favorite. They're the ones that I really have clung to. And maybe surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but my number five was Benny's latest album, Undress, because I've been so disappointed in Benny for the past few years, because once she started doing the cover thing, she kind of... Her original music really suffered for it. But, like, this album, I just keep listening to it, and it just makes me feel like how I felt, you know, five years ago listening to Benny and how good it felt, and she's just kind of... She's, like, back again, and that is so good. And it has some like actually really good songs. I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty solid album too. Mm-hmm. I I was I was actually like it. Did, I couldn't get into it really, but there are a couple of songs on there like um, BFF. I think yeah. is the one that's used as the CD TV opening. So good, yeah. you know, like it's just really solidly well put together. And I'm I'm with you that it feels like old school Benny again on it. It's it's nice. I feel like there's a lot of artists actually that this year that kind of. They had been disappointing me for a while, and then they came back, and it was like, oh, actually, we still know what we're doing. Like, Hill Crime, they're not on my top five, but this album was like, oh my god, they're not asleep anymore, you know? <laughs> I-, I feel the same way, because I think that Exile released probably, like, their best album, which never happens, <laughs> because Exile <laughs> albums, almost by definition, aren't really that good, because the singles are so strong, and the album tracks are mostly afterthoughts or ballads to get fans emotional during concerts, and that has never really been my thing. It's always been, you know, the powerful tracks and the anthems that really get me going and really, you know, do a lot for me. I mean, 
other than the R&B. They don't really do that anymore. But 19 Rose, Road to Amazing World, like, from start to finish, there's not a bad track on it. And, like, for the first time pretty much ever, I don't have to skip a song. Mm. And it's just fun. It's, it's a great album. They've always been a fun group and I've I've always wanted to like them but there's always that hurdle. Mm-hmm. I actually I'm I'm a pretty I'm pretty big fan of Exile Tribe in general but they are starting to wear thin on me this year so unfortunately even though that's their best album but it's just kind of like you know what no it's cat but but A1 yeah. is still on there. The Ayumi Hamasaki album is still on there. It's number 4. Didn't get any higher than that. But but Ayu did make my top 5 this year for the first time in yeah, literally, this is the first time she would even be on my top five since, like, Rock and Roll Circus. A1. And, and I mean, I don't hear much from Ayu anymore. Uh, honestly, you are my link to her world, and it's hard to filter out the fangirlness of it, so I don't know what she has been doing. Is this, like, her first... Yeah. Has, does she do an album a year still? Is this, like, a... Oh, yeah. She's she, Unfortunately, she does still do an album a year. And a lot of times she releases something that, in my opinion, just isn't done yet. And that's been kind of her problem over the last five years. She's kind of yo-yoed between, let's do something experimental that doesn't quite work. And let's do something really safe that's really a snooze fest. You know, she kind of goes back and forth between those. And um, A1 was kind of going, it's kind of picking up where Rock and Roll Circus left off. In my opinion, Rock and Roll Circus was the last real IU album. Since then, she's been kind of not in her right mind. And I think she knew that, too. The way she talks about making A1 is kind of the way she talked about making Rock and Roll Circus, where she's getting back to basics and doing what she's best at. I'm like, thank God, woman. But from A1, I would like to see her amp things up a little bit. It wasn't quite enough to, to be my favorite album of the year, but it's it's it like like how Jay Lee feels about Benny, it's nice to see her back. Yeah, that was my number six for the year. It just almost didn't make it. It's nice that, you know, she is coming back. I mean, it looks like she is trying to get more fans by catering to the steak sauce crowd. So, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly good on corn. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I agree. And she, she works great with, right now, I would say like a, a ribeye. Mm. Where she's been trying really, really hard to work with a New York strip steak for a long time. I was going for rump roast. Or, or even, let's be experimental, a chicken fried steak. Mmm. Mmm. See, but that's what I feel like she was doing with colors oh. and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so one of, the, uh, one of the bands, I guess if you want to call it a band, I guess you have to, that you guys may not be familiar with, but their their stuff is available on uh, at least Amazon, I think iTunes as well. But um, a a band called Fruit Pochette. Um, no. I have heard yeah. of, but not it heard. Is, okay, so here's the thing. Here's I will be one of the people that say I occasionally like a baby metal song, and I like it because of the uh, the juxtaposition of of the pop versus metal. Fruit Pochette is very similar where they are two of them who, who dance, but instead of doing it to uh, metal songs, they're more of a, uh, they do it to more VK songs, but you still have that pop vocal, although more adult sounding, uh, with a very different musical backtrack. And uh, very good, very VK, very punk, but with, uh, but with those, those two front girl vocals. And their, their 2015 <clears throat> album, uh, Crest of Evil, is very good it's got that you know it's very very fast paced uh you know they don't do ballads thank god 
and I don't think those two girls could handle ballads. But but it's got the, it's very fun. They they have a big presence on uh, YouTube. Their videos are very you know standard. I don't think you know someone like Aaron wouldn't like them because they just kind of sing their songs uh, with the band in the background. But a surprise that I found over the year that uh, really stood out, and I, I I hope they become more known. They are better than baby metal. But that same kind of that dynamic because of baby metal is is obviously getting pushed in people's faces with other with other dynamics. But uh, this is one of the good ones. Everyone should definitely check it out. Pretty bitchin'. My uh, my interest is peaked. I have to admit that like we were talking about you know just pop idols, baby metal, and stuff like that in general. And you know it could be definitely worth than on me this year a little too much. But holy fucking shit, Loki, <laughs> we're gonna make so much fun of me right now. I'm ready when I tell you. That Arashi's Spinism was number three oh, for me. Oh my god. It's fucking solid, you guys. It is really good. That's really freaking good. Oh boy. <laughs> the thing that Johnny's Entertainment groups, in my opinion, even the ones with personality, have always needed, for one thing, is, is kind of a honing in on their style and doing it right. Because there's a lot of kind of old school 80s ishness, I guess, to well, J pop 80s ishness to their sound. That could be good if they if they harnessed it properly. On this album, they harnessed that properly. And there's a good mix of other genres in there, too. There's funk, there's sort of rock pop, there's electronic dance stuff. And it's actually really good. <laughs> and there's just enough auto-tune on the boys. Just aren't quite there. And this is the most listenable Johnny's Entertainment album I think I have heard since Cat-Toon were hugely popular. And even then, that was just barely listenable, you know? This is actually, I was shocked shock every single time one of the songs came on in my car i'd be like oh this is pretty good and i would look at fucking arashi and i'm like jesus christ loki is going to just he's i'm never gonna hear the end of it no i i gotta say i you know i uh i listen to arashi i download i listen to arashi's singles uh, mm-hmm. always uh they they tend to put out good singles but their albums always suck balls so i actually skipped this one because of their track record and now i'm uh i'm definitely going to have to go back to it and yeah. uh, then properly judge it. I mean, it is it is a long album. There are absolutely a couple of stinkers on here, but for the most part, it is... I was just like, fuck, this is one of the things that I have enjoyed listening to most all year. God damn it. I really resisted putting it in my top five on principle, but it made it. Fair and square, it made it. So, yep. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You should have an idol group in your in your top five uh, i have an idol group in my top five so it's okay well we'll do that after jaylee is do you have something on your list that i can judge you for yeah actually i was like awesome. no this is all so good but then i was like oh actually probably yeah um so my number four is actually a group i'm very sad i didn't get to see them perform but they did perform at sakura Khan, and i didn't get to interview them because I w- it was the schedule was so hectic for me around that time but they are garnadalia a, they're a like kind of electropop duo, obviously, since they're at Sakura-Kan, they do a lot of Anisan, but it's really good. I mean, like, those tracks will get stuck in your head, and not just in that, like, cliche anime way. That holy shit, get this out of my brain sort of way? Yeah. <laughs> just just solid electropop. Yeah. Mostly upbeat, and it's just a good album. It, it reminds me of how, like, discovering Air Aoi, how that felt, because it was just like, this is yeah. Anisan, and this is amazing! So. In general, over the last like five years or so, Anisan has been in a really good place. I think so too, and I think partially because of that is the music sounds how music sounded like six years ago, and we don't yeah. get as much music like that anymore. 
Yeah. yeah, I would definitely listen to that. I'm, I'm, you know, I never was an anime song fan, but uh, you know, you introduced me to Aoyer, and uh, I've listened to since then. Listened to a lot of Lisa, mm-hmm. who I also really like, and uh, so I'm definitely down for that. Uh, so I mentioned that I have a uh, that I have an idol group on my on my list, and I definitely do. However, there's a little asterisk because they have always billed themselves in both of their incarnations, even though it's completely different members between the two incarnations, as the anti-idol group, uh, I am talking about Bish, who is a produced group. They, uh, there, once was, there once was a group called Biz, and then all of their members dropped out. And then their producer was like, their music was pretty fucking good because their music was pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. So he created Bish, which is, uh, stands for Brand New Idol Shit Kind of. In some way, it does. <laughs> well, it was Brand New Idol Society. But, like... Yes. Brand New Idol Society slowly came, became what they hated the most. So... I think you're right. That No, that's actually exactly what yeah. happened. Well, they, had, uh, they had... I forget her name. It was, like, Lum or something like that. She was kind of the, the leader of the group. And I think she started getting her toes too wet into the production side of things and they're like fuck this you're out mm-hmm. and uh no more group so bish came along and they are really good you know some of my favorite idol songs uh like akb48 songs are the ones that are are not you know really idol idol songs they're more they're more hardcore mm-hmm. is the word that comes to my head that doesn't fit at all but uh but still catchy but have an edge to them and that's yeah. kind of where the anti idol comes from so their uh sort of self-titled album brand new idol shit came out this year and uh really really good uh great great album to have on in the background while you're like playing a video game it's really surprisingly legit for what you would call an idol group mm-hmm and <laughs> I'm not going to defend them anymore. Just listen to it, and hopefully you'll agree. I will definitely give that a listen. That actually sounds like my kind of thing, almost exactly. Like, it's a group doing nothing but beginner over and over again. Fuck yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, check out, they, they released a single called Monster. I think that's the best song, and they has a video for it to kind of see what they're all about. And uh, they're pretty, pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. And uh, I've got, um, I want to cover my number five, just because it's like a really obscure... Like, who the fuck is that thing? Mm -hmm. It's one of those bands that, like, American people who listen to Japanese music but don't know any Japanese, they find stuff on, like, Bandcamp and stuff like that. And they find groups like the duo Shushu, who they're uh, they're that just indie, you know, like, they're going to appeal to the people who want indie weird shit. You know, the types of people who listen to P. Landers Ed and, like, Polysix and stuff like that. Like, the stuff that's mainstream Japanese music to people who don't follow Japanese music at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they, they would might possibly hear a group like Shushu and their album Alexandrite, which came out this year. And they are, this, this group, or at the very least this album, because I haven't heard any of their other stuff, is very, very particular to my taste. You know how, like, that moody, atmospheric, dark sort of goes between organic and clockwork sound to it. Very thin arrangements. The singer has these very breathy lullaby sort of vocals. And it's just a beautiful album. I love it. It makes me feel shit. Like, I'll start crying in the car listening to this album because something in it will just be like, I'm going to just pluck your heartstrings very, very lightly, but very loudly, you know? Like, it just hits me so hard and I love it. I think it's incredibly well crafted it's 
really, really pleasant to listen to. I, I just, I love it so much. It, so if you like that sort of quiet, moody lullaby, well, every now and then they have a track on there that's a little bit dancier, but it is still very kind of kind of sparse, you know? And it's it's just really, really nice. It's very well designed. You know, it's it's just as much detail as they need to get the point across and nothing more. And it's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. It feels like looking at the stars in the night sky while you're like laying on a waterbed or something. Yeah, I'm glad we got a soundscapey album in there. Mm-hmm. If it was going to come from me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> of course. I think the album that probably kind of had that effect on me most, the one that affected me, um, the, the album that's kind of been like the soundtrack to my year that I've just been listening to just all year, like no matter the mood, finding something that I can really sink into. Um, actually, Namie Amuro's Genic, mm. which mm. I mean, the thing is, it's 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 not as good as feel objectively, and it's not as there's something really great in its simplicity, mm. and it's just very straightforward and just solid. I love it to pieces. I really do. Yeah, and it really is kind of a good summary of this is what Namie is best at, mm-hmm. just in general. If you listen to her entire career, it feels like it was leading up to Jenik. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that album because I think I think Jenik was the last album that I reviewed with you guys mm-hmm. on GKAD. Uh, so I had it in this playlist, and because it was in this playlist, it, it never got filtered into my regular rotation of songs that I listened to. So getting prepared for this show, I removed it from that playlist and all of a sudden it's in rotation now. And so it's been hitting my, my new songs because I haven't listened to it very much. Uh, and I'm reminded, yes, it is a really good album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solid entry. Yep. I still, I'm like you, Jaylee, I still prefer feel and she did not make my top five, yeah. but only just barely. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's mostly that I, I didn't get as emotionally invested in it. I'm still listening to feel, really. I'm I'm not I'm kinda not done with it yet, I guess. So Genic really hasn't it hasn't been like a part of my soul this mm-hmm. year. But uh, God, next year it probably will be. As soon as feels, you know, welcome wears off. I, I was really, really impressed with, with Genic. I, I think if you are new to Namie, that is a very, very good place to start. All right, so uh, in the interest of time here, I'm just going to go through uh, my number five really quickly is, uh, is Flip's uh, album Birth. Uh, a listener turned me on to Flip years ago. Love them. Unfortunately, they broke up about a week ago. Um, oh, my gosh. So that sucks. Yeah, but Birth is a really good album. Jeremy uh, on that album is probably my song of the year. It just thinks that I kind of like the direction they were going in, but apparently uh, the group did not. That's one of the few times that a band has changed where I like their old and their new. So it kind of sucks, but uh, but I hope they move on to bigger and better things. Um, however, I must tell you guys about what is my number one of 2015, and that is... Let me explain it first. Well, let me explain it second. Oh, it's from a band called Bandmade. Oh, and... yes! <laughs> so it's, Fucking it's... love them! <laughs> Sorry. I'm so glad Sorry. because I feel it's, it's a guilty pleasure that's really not because they have their gimmick. They have a gimmick, and it is that the entire band, which consists of five girls, uh, dressed as maids in their band made outfits it actually comes from one of the i think the the lead guitarist used to work in a maid cafe so that was her idea for it but um the so yes it would be five cute girls dressed as maids playing some badass punk rock music uh and that would be 
great in and itself, but they write their own music, and that makes them legit. So they don't need the gimmick. And it's actually good. Oh my it's god, that's the really thing. That's the thing that like everybody's like, oh, baby metal, baby metal. I'm like, it's okay. You know, it's not bad. It's just, it's only okay. It really is just the gimmick that you're interested in here. But it's like bandmates show up. I see two people, including my dad, post about it on Facebook. Oh, man. I know. My dad's awesome. And it's like, my dad was just kind of like, you know, I wish some of these bands would drop these gimmicks because they're really good. And I was just like, yes. they can't possibly be that good. And I click it and I'm like, holy fucking shit. These chicks are rocking. They're melting my fucking face. They're really good. You know, I'm a sucker whenever I see the tag of female vocalist and rock band. And so I, that was discovered these girls this year and and man they just they blew me away uh the album's called new beginning that was released this year and man from beginning to end very solid album and uh definitely one of my favorite bands of the year period so everyone needs to check that out if nothing else on my list check out bandmade absolutely mm-hmm. my uh my number two and my number one are actually kind of a good segue from that um my number two is trico's a and d album I am so sad that I didn't go to see them live in Denton. Unfortunately, I had too many other things I was doing and I couldn't do it. They were half an hour fucking north of me and I didn't go see them and I'm so upset about that. I'm on kind of a math rock kick in general this year, Japanese and otherwise. And Trico... Stay tuned for our album review. And Trico are like just really, really solid math rock with a girl singer. Their album T.H.E., I think you guys reviewed... Yeah, uh, and yeah, it was one of your hiatus albums. Yeah, it was one of my hiatus albums, and I, I really wish that I had been a part of that review. But at the same time, it was weaker than A and D. A and D, I think they've they're kind of hitting their stride a little bit more. Mostly, I put A and D on here as opposed to Nagoto's Vision album because it hit a lot of the notes that Nagoto's Vision didn't. Vision had some mixing problems that made the album really inconsistent. I, I, I'm not really liking Nagoto's vocalist for the style of music that they do. The more I listen to them, the less I, the less it really hits me. Like it, the, the sound of it doesn't really resonate with me as well as if the vocalist had a lower and more emotive sort of voice. Trico's vocalist fixes that problem. So you get a similarly sophisticated sort of uh, rock music, but the vocalist for Trico is more to my taste because her voice is a little bit lower and she's more emotive and more flawed sounding where the Nagoto vocalist sounds a little bit more anime characterish. So if if Nagoto isn't really doing it for you, I recommend giving Trico a listen. I think they are really really solid in they're, they're they've got a very sophisticated approach. I think Nagoto's execution is a little bit more sophisticated, but Trico have more of a sophisticated like plan going into their music. They haven't quite hit the play skill that they need yet. But this was absolutely my number two album of the year. I, I am addicted to some of the songs on it. It's really solid. My number one album this year was Androp's self-titled album. Really? Yes. Oh my god. It's just, it reminds me of all the stuff that I was listening to 15 years ago, but how I would want that stuff to sound today. Androp really is, is kind of everything I want J-pop and J-rock to sound like, but that it doesn't. And every time I want to go listen to something that makes me just feel comfortable and at home, their album has done that for me. Every single one of their songs that's come up, I've been like, oh, God, this is exactly what everybody should sound like right now, and they don't. I liked their stuff when it was more sort of, um, just sort of straightforward pop rock, like non-visual rock from a couple of years ago when I, when I kind of came across them totally by accident. Um, but their stuff never really, like, I liked it, but it wasn't getting me. And this album just really 
like I said, it's like wrapping myself in a warm, comfy blanket of what J-pop in my head ideally sounds like. And it's their, their melodies are just really, really strong. And the production is really solid. And I, I highly recommend it for anybody who's just kind of like, you know what? J-music just didn't do it for me these days. Listen to this album. It'll make you feel so much better about the direction J-pop is going in right now. Jaylee, round us out, buddy. My favorite album. I'm actually kind of surprised that I'm the only one who had it on my list, but maybe that's just because I love it so much. The Shock. Like, I honestly never thought that I would have this artist's name in a best of the year list ever again. But Ayotsuka's Love Tricky, such a perfect album. Such that perfect, I feel like, evolution of her sound where it still is, it's very new and fresh and experimental, but it is at its core, it's so Ayotsuka. And I feel like this type of music gives her the opportunity to be a bit more personal with her music and a bit more creative and i just i just love this album the songs are so memorable and so catchy and it just worked on every level on that personal level pop level artistic level like it just meshed beautifully you look at her and you uh you know see her acting or whatever and you forget that she's a really good songwriter Mm -hmm. so that's definitely definitely a worthy artist i i have to say that the production on it just wasn't dynamic enough for me that was I, I think it was a really solid album, but it's not it's not top five material for me just because it doesn't really it pretty much has its same sound the whole way through and not necessarily in a good way. Like I would love to hear all these songs remixed or with a different arrangement on on them because I just don't feel like there was enough variety on the album. Each individual song is amazing, but as an album, it just kind of fell flat for me. Fight me zero. Let's do our, our, you know, list our five to ones here. And uh, I want to say really, really quickly, and you guys feel free to do the same thing. Uh, if you get through my five and you're like, you know what? That Loki, he's got great taste in music. What other albums from 2015 should I listen to <laughs> that he liked? Well, let me tell you, Califina's Far on the Water, Rotten Graffiti's Familiarize, Special Thanks's Misa, and Zvi's Neo Mask. I was album. pleasantly surprised by the Zvi album as well. Yes. Uh, but for the uh, the task at hand, uh, my top five for 2015. Number five, Flip's Birth. Number four, Bish's Brand New Idol Shit. Number three, Wagaki Band's uh, Yasuo Emaki. Number two is uh, Fruit Pochette's The Crest of Evil. And number one, Band Made New Beginning. Good shit. Actually, you've got a pretty solid top five there. Thank you. My five to one is f- number five, Shushu Alexandrite. Number four, Hamasaki Ayumi A1. Number three, Arashi Japanism. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> number two, Trico A&D. And number one, Androp by Androp. And my, my stuff that didn't make it is like Alexandros ALXD. Just didn't quite hit all the notes that I wanted it to hit, but pretty solid. Nakamori Akina's Fixer. Uh, holy shit. How is she still so good? There's a really, really... That did a lot of the same stuff as Androp's album for me, where it's just kind of like, this is what I want J-pop to sound like. Miyabi's The Others, which was very solid, but a little bit sleepier of an effort than his last one. And uh, Ieri Leo's 20, which was actually really, really good. So at number five, I have Benny with Undress. Number four is Garnadelia with Linkage Ring. Three is Namie Amado with Genic. Two is Exile with their 19 Road to Amazing World. And number one, of course, Ayotsuka Love Tricky. Right. And then next month, we have top five of 2014. Ooh, 
for our album review, our first album review of 2016, we decided to choose an album that was released in January 2016. Makes sense. What? And we went with Gesu no Kiwami Otome, Ryosei Bai. Which is hard to say. <laughs> the whole thing is hard to say. The The name of the band, the name of the album. The name, Gesu no Kiwami Otome, means maiden at the height of rudeness. Well, I saw one online article refer to them as, you know what, I'm just going to call them Super Bitch. So, <laughs> so Super Bitch began as the side project for Indigola and vocalist Inan Kawatani. This indie rock band describes themselves as hip-hop progressive, which is wrong. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense if you listen to this album. It does if you listen to their yeah. older stuff. But after releasing a couple of EPs on their own Gesukiwa label, they were signed to Universal's indie imprint Unboard Records. And have since made quite a splash on the charts. They won Best Breakthrough Artist uh, at the Space Shower Music Awards last year. Uh, MTV Europe Music Awards gave them Best Japanese Act. They got two awards at the Japan Record Awards. And now they're nominated for Best Group at the Space Shower Music Video Awards this year, too. So see how that pans out. I started listening to them about a year ago. And they had this, what if School Food Punishment had a guy singer who occasionally rapped? And I liked that sound. And I was just like, yes, this is what my life needs right now. So I was really excited about this review when Loki suggested it. However. <laughs> However, was I disappointed in this album? A little bit. So I, I'll, I'll take the reins and start uh, because I like to talk. Um, I found out about this group on Kohaku, actually. I saw them perform, had no idea who they were, who they were never heard of them, but they definitely had a buzz around them at Kohaku. Um, and watching them perform, they're, you know, they play all their instruments. They're obviously a very good band uh their drummer is who captivated me because of her sassy bitchiness she is totally adorable she's pretty badass uh however while i recognize this as a good album from a songwriting standpoint and a zero is gonna love this album standpoint uh i hate it i hate it <laughs> it's everything i hate about music i don't like school food punishment i don't like these guys however it is well done, but then again, 17 tracks, most of them sound alike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you want to uh, share the text message I sent you earlier today, <laughs> Loki? <laughs> Let me bring up my text messages from one Jay Lee. Today at 10.39 a.m., I hate this album so <laughs> much. <laughs> After me not wanting to ruin the surprise of tonight's review and telling him to shush, he said I couldn't keep it in, I had to tell someone. <laughs> I really did. I, 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 you know what's funny is that I fucking love this band. This album pissed me off so much because everything that makes them special is fucking gone here. It is so annoying. I'm so mad that this album exists. Their last album, Miryoku ga Sugoyo, is so much better. It's still pretty watered down, but not nearly this bad. And it's a lot shorter too, so it's more to the point than this one is. This one, there's like, six songs on it that actually are interesting in any way and then there's a whole bunch of other like 11 more tracks or something like that that are just like <laughs> let's do more of the same thing over and over again and yeah like, this one sounded why? really good let's make the whole fucking album sound like this uh, I think the song that idea. everyone knows from the album uh, who pays attention to Japanese music scene is uh, uh, Romance Ka Arimaru no and Watashi Gai Watashi Jinai no that's the one that just won't fucking die off the charts it's every really? oh yeah because that the, they play romance at every every live event is that's the one they play. Yeah, well, that's because everybody and and their mother has already heard. What that she got? What that she didn't? I know. 
And that's good. I mean, it was doing really good as a Rekachoku download. It was, it had a lot of staying power on the charts, even though it didn't, didn't go up any higher than I think 11. It had a lot of staying power. And it just, it was, it's like, it's like Torisetsu, that Nishino Kano song. It just won't fucking go away. It's, yeah, it, and uh, they're all really good at what they do. Um, but it, yeah, it all just comes back to, 17 tracks sorry for the police going by my apartment but 17 tracks and they all just kind of mushed together mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's because of that or it is just a good song uh, i really liked id1 i thought that was yeah. kind of that was the one that was like when it came on i was like all right yeah. this is good it's halfway through the album but finally mm-hmm. we hit something that mm-hmm. uh, you know i actually want to hear again yeah no romance animaru is in my opinion I'm glad that they're pushing it because, in my opinion, that's the hit single on the album. The best part is the piano in the beginning. I, I really, that's the thing, is that I feel like Romance Ga Yamaru, even if you don't like the song, it emphasizes more of what makes them them, you know? And um, Otonatic, I, I think, is really good as well, but like the rap, which, in my opinion, that's one of the things that makes them them. Enon does that sort of conversational rap vocal style in it, and that's really interesting. But they've they've mixed it so it's all quiet and distorted in Otonatic. And I'm like, why? This, this is what you're supposed to be emphasizing. This isn't supposed to be background vocals. This is the whole point of the band. Otherwise, they're just Indigo End, really. You know? So it this whole album, I kind of feel like the, like, like producers really did kind of go, you know what? You have a really good thing going. But you know what? Let's make you less interesting. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, seriously, everybody, if if you want to hear what Gesu no Kiwami Utome actually sound like, listen to their Minna Normal EP. You know, because that's actually them. That actually sounds like them. It's got the original version of Parallel Spec on there, which is far superior. The, the funky version of Parallel Spec is still one of the better tracks on the album, which is really kind of sad, because the original is way better. Mr. Guess X is actually interesting, so it's good. But, like, really, aside from those few songs... I was just kind of like, you know what? You guys are disappointing me here. You guys are really disappointing me here. I did kind of like cinema. That that's that was catchy. But again, I don't know if that was just because it was it was a good track coming off of ID One, which kind of like you know palate cleansed me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it pickled gingered me. I also hated this album. Like detest this album, and it's interesting because I hate it for the exact opposite reason that Loki hates it. He hates it because this is, like, the epitome of not his music. <laughs> and I hate this because this is, like, the epitome of the music that I like done poorly. Yes! Oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, I listen to it and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm reminded uh, in many ways of, like, Sakan Auction or Nagoto or uh, mm-hmm. School Food Punishment. And it's just, it makes me want to turn it off immediately. <laughs> and find one of these artists' better tracks. And I kind of liked it at the beginning, but then it just kept... The problem was that it just kept doing the same thing over and over. And again, like, I think we can agree, ID1 was the the one standout track. But, oh. Good. I'm happy. I'm happy you guys felt the same thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, it's really, really solidly well put together. What's kind of upsetting about ID1 is that it doesn't sound like Gesu... Normally, like there isn't a track on this album that exemplifies what makes Gesu any good at all. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on this album. It's just like this whole album was like, hey, Watashi Gai Watashi Janaino did really well. Let's make a whole album of that. Fuck you guys. Come on. You're better than this. I know you're better than this. That's one of the things that's pissing me off is that I listened to your mini albums and your indie stuff up until this. And it was, you know, actually good. Fuck you guys for making this album. Seriously. Fuck you guys for making this album. I'm so mad. 
Well, I mean, you know, debuted at number one on Oricon, and it's, uh, you know, everyone's in love with these people until the scandal happens. So it's, it's, they're doing something right, but it sounds like they're kind of, they may have lost some cred with, you know, the people who actually enjoyed them before they hit number one. No, I think I I do like what their success signals for Japanese music in general. That's true. Um, Like I said, like this year has been, for me, I've been big on math rock and this year has delivered for me. A lot of the rock stuff that's come out this year has been really, really good. The Miyabi album was still really good. I mean, last year. Well, you know what I mean. This past 12 months. <laughs> the Miyabi album was good. The One OK Rock album wasn't their best work, but it was pretty solid. It was all right. But like Androp, obviously. What's that? Like Mrs. Green Apple or something like that is their name. They're they're doing well. Like there's there's a rock band kind of resurgent. There's a rock and roll resurgence that's kind of happening here. And I'm thinking it's as a direct kind of reaction to like the K-pop and the EDM and the idol boom. I think everybody's kind of, you know, we're sick of this now. Let's listen to something else. And yeah. I, I think Gesu no Kiwa Miyotome and a lot of uh, Japanese journalism is saying that they could be signaling, their success is kind of signaling this, oh, everybody actually wants unconventional, like, acoustic instruments, <clears throat> rock music, as opposed yeah. to all the manufactured stuff. Well, the problem is, is that it's it's always been there. It's just no one has cared to look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, look at bands like, you know, nine millimeter problem bullet mm-hmm. they're off the wall and weird and they don't get respect that they should so hopefully hopefully it is you know hipstery artsy bands like guess who that are ushering in this age of music that is also popular yeah and bodes well for this show so yeah absolutely and i think it's, it's our, our timing for bringing back the show could not have possibly been better if that's really what's going to happen because i think we're actually going to be more interested in J music over the next couple you're of years. welcome people so yes thank you very much for deciding to Bring this back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any final words? Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this bitch up? I, I just, I would just urge everybody who who disliked this album to to listen to their older stuff. <laughs> So that does it for another episode of Gaijin Kampai. You can follow us on Twitter. I am GKJ Lee, J-A-Y-L-E-E. He is GK Loki, capital L, capital K, not that it really matters. She is GK0, Z-E-R-0, and the show is J-Pop, J-Rock underscore still. Also, don't forget to go to iTunes to like us, favorite us, review us, and tell all your friends about us. Give us all them stars. All them stars. And of course, go to the show's website, jpopjrock.com, and comment on our episode and let us know which release you'd like us to review next month. We're hoping to do the big full GK episodes once a month. So let us know what you want to hear us review next time. But until then, thank you for listening to Gaijin Kampai. Until next time, I am Loki. I am Jaylee. And I am so fucking happy and kind of drunk right now, you guys. Aw, group hug. Johnny! Johnny!